0: I have 8:30, so we can begin our Bible study. Do you all have Bibles in your pews there somewhere? Or, okay, good. I'll also put it up there. All right, she'll put it up there too. Let's open with a prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we ask that for Jesus' sake, you would send your Holy Spirit to be with us and open to us the riches of the Holy Scripture which you have given us this day. Help us to read it, to learn it, to inwardly digest it, and to use it in our lives throughout the week and and to the end of our lives when we meet you for Jesus' sake in heaven, in the glories that you have prepared for us. In his name we ask it. Amen. First of all, I should introduce myself to you. I, for those I have not been able to talk to before the Bible class, I am Pastor Wayne Lightinen, And if that name sounds familiar, it is. I am the father of the Pastor Lightinen who has served you before and is a member of, a member of your church and I have the privilege of being able to be with you this morning and and uh, help facilitate our Bible class and worship this morning. Uh, I was a pastor in Toledo, Ohio in Oklahoma City and uh, in Pallas Heights as well as Newall Minnesota where I finally retired in 2017 uh, and I been, so uh, And I've served served, uh, those parishes for about about 38 years of of my life, so by God's grace. Uh, I would like to go through the readings this week. And the first one is Genesis chapter 18, beginning at verse 16. If you'd open your Bibles to that chapter and those verses... It's also, in your, yeah, it's also in your bulletin. Thank you. The readings this week are very well knit together. I remember in the old pericope, a lot of times you'd have readings that didn't always jibe. Sometimes you had an epistle that was way out there compared to the gospel in the Old Testament or, or another way. But this is very beautiful because it's all about prayer. And it's about praying to God with confidence it's about realizing that God has a plan for us and what God wants for us is better than sometimes what we want for ourselves and perhaps that's best illustrated in Genesis chapter 18 could I have someone uh, read for us the uh, let's see verses 20 through 25 any volunteers Go ahead. Thank you.
1: Then the Lord said, the upright against Sodom and treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right?
0: Okay. Uh and someone uh, could I have someone else read verses twenty six to the end? Please. Okay, first of all, do you know the context of this, how the Lord manifests himself in this situation? Who is he in the context? Look at the verses immediately before this. How does he show himself? He
2: looks like a person that the way of the Lord in to be Jesus in the flesh. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, all right. Um, And these are the three men that came to Abraham. They appeared to be men. We find out later, two of them are angels. One of them is the Lord, God manifest in flesh. That would be, uh, you you mentioned the incarnate Jesus, right? That he appears to him in in a way that we can, as human beings, recognize and understand. At first, it seems like Abraham doesn't know this, but you'll notice as, you, as we go down, uh, if I go back to verse 16, and I know only you who have Bibles can see this, uh, the men got up to leave. They looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. That was one of the three promises, nation, land, Savior, And all nations on earth will be blessed through him, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. You can almost see the reason for this. You can see the reason for this lesson he's going to teach Abraham. I'm going to teach Israel by using Sodom and Gomorrah as an example that I am a holy and righteous god and there can be no injustice in me so part of god's nature is to be one who must punish sin who cannot say well try try better next time little boy you know i'll give you more time but he's got to punish sin and yet he chooses to be merciful by grace he chooses to be merciful And so he he says, so the Lord will bring about what Abraham, uh, what he has promised him. That way Israel can be a a worthy vessel to to, to be the one through whom God will send us the Savior. So understanding that, and if you look up, and uh, those of you who have Bibles, it says the men, and then all of a sudden you go back down to 22, which is in the realm of what we're talking about, the men turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. What does that mean? Yeah, the covenant God, the only God, and the God who made a covenant with Abraham and his children that he'll send that Savior to the world. So very important to keep that in mind. So there you see the identification of who these men are, the Lord. And the Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? He's looking down on Sodom with the Lord. What's going through his mind?
2: His nephew Lot lives in Sodom.
0: Yeah. Remember the two of them split? And why did Lot go where he went? Plenty of pasture for my sheep, right? They'll be nice and fat. They'll they'll fetch a good price, right? And Abraham says, I'll take whatever's left. So he ends up in the scrub brush. And uh, if you've ever been to Israel, (laughs) you've seen, I see these Bedouins walking with their sheep, and I go, where is there a blade of grass that they can munch? I don't see anything out here. How do they stay alive? How do they stay so fat? But... uh, is, so you can see the, the, the problem. Here's, uh, here's Lot saying, uh, and, and Abraham could have said, okay, you made your bed. <laughs> Lie in it. Uh, you wanted Sodom and Gomorrah? You're going to have to take what comes with Sodom and Gomorrah, and that's the fire and brimstone. But he has, but he has compassion for his nephew, and, he, and he, wants him to, uh, he wants him and his family to be saved. And presumably, other people... In Sodom, who might be like Lot, believers in God, or people who who, who might become believers in God, the righteous. They, we don't know for sure how many people lived in Sodom and Gomorrah. Obviously, we couldn't take a poll back then, and God didn't think it was important enough to put into Scripture. But they they, they estimate perhaps uh, perhaps a few thousand. It wasn't like half a million but maybe a few thousand uh, in that area. So, so an estimate of how many does Abraham think might be believers among perhaps a few thousand? Yeah. It's 50 to start with, 10 eventually, but you're right. Uh, what strikes you about this prayer between Abraham and God?
2: and his wife and his daughters and that's gotta be like five or six. Surely there has to be besides my relatives. Yeah. Because I think, I don't know, maybe the mom and me or the grandma uh, children, my grandchildren.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and surely d- they, mm-hmm. they
0: Perhaps, and maybe, uh, maybe the boyfriends of the girls, they might, they might come in underneath that and maybe eventually become married and so forth and so on. Uh, who knows? So, so he's being pretty generous, uh, but 50 among perhaps thousands uh, doesn't seem like an unrealistic prayer. Uh, God says what? Sure, I'd do it if that were the case. <laughs> and you can see that Abraham gets gets it that uh, there isn't that many. So Abraham starts out uh, doing the old auction thing back and mm-hmm. forth. Right? Okay, I'll take a a bid below that. But he goes how many below that? St- starts with he starts though with you're right ten eventually, but a, a no, but I mean? each time. The first time, though, he goes down by five.
1: Okay, that's
0: right. Right, he goes down by If if there were only 45, he thinks he's in the ballpark. (laughs) And then he finds out that, yeah, not 45. So he thinks he's gonna, then he goes down, then you go down the numbers of 10, 40, 30, 20, 10. (laughs) He's probably shocked by now, because now he's getting down to the size of Lot's family, Right? A little bit more, but and he said, I would even do it for 10. Does that remind you of the way sometimes we pray to God and we stop at 45? (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) He didn't answer it. Why even bother praying? But Abraham reminds me of a woman in the New Testament whose daughter was possessed. Importunity in prayer. Yeah, persistence in prayer, right? What is it about that woman in the New Testament who prayed to have her daughter healed by Jesus? She wasn't Jewish. She was, she was a Syrophoenician woman. She wasn't even one of the children, daughters of Israel. She was a, a foreigner. And what did Jesus call her? A dog. Why should I take the bread that are meant for my Israelite children and throw it to the dogs? Oh! I think that would send any minority today on their heel and whoom! Or, or in your face, right? right. <laughs> uh, but that's exactly what happened to, to this, this woman. What did she say?
1: She Even the
0: dogs in the Jewish household get a a crumb that falls from the master's. Yes, I'm a dog, but I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need my daughter healed. What I love about that prayer is she finds a yes in what seems to be Jesus' no. No, no. that That was the last insult. The first insult is Jesus ignored her right? When the disciples came, Jesus just ignored her and walked on as if, he never, as if she weren't even there. And then she, he comes with that next, you might call it insult. I don't think it's an insult. I think it's testing her faith. Just the way he tests your faith and mine, when we pray desperately for something we want like the healing of someone who's close to us, or like the conversion of someone that we've been been working on for a long time. Or anything in life. She won't turn on her heel, she won't slap him in the face. No, she says, but he hasn't said no. All he's done is insulted me. I mean, if you look at it from a social standpoint, right? I can still find a yes in what seems to be his no. And I love that praying of Abraham the same way, right? 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. And he keeps on saying, but it's not over yet. There's a yes in there for God's mercy somewhere. And maybe the reason why we don't get things right away is because God wants our faith to exercise itself. Luther says there are three disciplines in a good theologian. And those disciplines are uh, meditatio, meditation on God's word, oratio, prayer, and then there would be no reason for those two if we didn't have the third one in the sinful world, tentatio, which is affliction, distress. Isn't this the problem with our world today? that kids and adults don't have enough affliction. I want the easy life, and look what happens. They turn in on themselves and become so spoiled that there is no need for a redeemer. There's just need for give me an easier life. We should embrace in our culture the afflictions that God gives us. I'm not saying that we become like monks or nuns and go into a cloister and and inflict ourselves, but God should give us the affliction, and it will come if you're a Christian and you speak like a Christian and you you live like a Christian, it will come. And it's that affliction that drives you to your knees to prayer, oratio, and drives you to the word for answers. So you have a two-way street. My prayer to God: Have mercy, Lord. I won't say. I won't stop until you say yes. And His answer to us: How does He say? Finally, how does God say yes to Abraham?
2: He a lot
0: Isn't that beautiful? It's just like the story of salvation. God exercises justice, which he cannot deny. I must punish the wicked. Israel has to learn this, if they're going to be the family of my Savior for the world. So I will punish Sodom, but I will, in essence, answer the prayer of Abraham by letting the family go into exile getting away from the place come apart from them have nothing to do with evil get away from them and so he 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 lets so he answers it uh, but not the way that Abraham had originally thought about answering it have you ever had prayers like that where you've prayed for something and the answer was quite different than the way you had prayed it but it was answered Maybe think for a minute on that. Yes. Exactly, that's exactly right, and I think that happens to me a lot, too. The remedy for that is thanksgiving. That you recognize the little things in life that were gifts of God and go, Oh, thank you, God, for that. And by the way, that's sort of connected to this prayer that I prayed long ago. sometimes we prayed for our children that they would have a godly spouse and there were times when we were kind of afraid that maybe this isn't going to turn out the way or that the spouse wouldn't become Christian or whatever and all of a sudden we see God's hand in there and later on down the line something happens where ah, God answered my prayer I was just at a wedding on Friday night and my, my, <clears throat> my brother-in-law was the preacher, Jim Maddock. I don't know if you know him, but he works for Christian Family Services. And his youngest son, for the longest time, didn't get married. And there were no prospects in sight. And every morning, he and his wife would pray. And one of the things they would pray for is, and find a good Christian wife for, for Luke. And here we are at the wedding of Luke. And beautiful Christian bride, beautiful Wisconsin and Luther so the same faith and everything, and we're like, Oh, thank you, God. And then the wife said, then then his wife Sue said to him, Honey, this this morning I don't think we have to pray for Luke's wife, because I think she's the one. And sure enough, she was. Okay. Those for a while they they thought their prayers were like Abraham's, where it was, I would do it for that, but Not yet, not yet, not yet. Yes? Yeah, I know people that
1: keep prayer journals. Oh, good.
2: Yeah,
0: that that that's a really good idea because uh, as you had mentioned, sometimes we don't always are not always cognizant of it, but if you have a journal of the things you've asked for, you go back and you go ah, answer to prayer, thank you God, you did, and I never would have guessed that as an answer.
2: Or people keep a jar.
0: Period. Mm-hmm. Tell me how that works. A thank you jar. A thank you jar. Okay, and what do you put? A you put in a little. Thank you. Notes. Yeah, and some
2: it. days with you oh, but then you open up your jar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh.
2: Wait. You know, oh,
1: that's, else my jar is
0: full. You know, <laughs> you're you're more organized than I am. I wish I kept a prayer jar, and I should probably do better. I've tried. I've started a few lists, but they always end up, you know, getting dusty after a while, and I, I should. I should, probably, I should probably be more dogged at keeping a, a, a prayer journal, like, as you said, and a prayer journal.
2: <laughs> She kept a prayer journal, mm-hmm. and she was very precise. And mm-hmm. when she died, I asked, she only had one son, I asked if there was any chance I could at least reach her prayer journal. Mm-hmm. And her son died, too, that's right. Her son and her husband died very quickly. Uh-huh. But the daughter-in-law said, no, because I needed it myself. Yeah. She senses that. I would love to get my baby. <laughs> <laughs> Right, no, but it... And as bark, I, I <laughs>
0: That becomes more important to you the older you become in life, uh, the older you get, because I think when you're young, you think, ah, oh, it's old stuff, it's the, it's the previous generation. But then you realize how much value there is in those things.
2: Well, for some people, mm-hmm. I know that we have one daughter; she can express her feelings better by writing mm-hmm. than saying. That's true. And a lot of people love
0: that. Way. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to point out one other thing in here. Do you notice the attitude of Abraham when he prays? There are a couple phrases in there when Abraham's praying which really is rather um, informative about his attitude of heart. What gives you that impression? Mm-hmm. I am dust and ashes you know what, what, why would the God of the universe who took dust and made the world uh, made, made man uh, why would he listen to me but I throw myself at your mercy there's another phrase too a little bit later
1: may the Lord not be angry
0: right he has every reason to be angry at me and may the Lord not be angry at me uh, because of my sin, isn't that just like Luther's meaning to the, the fifth petition? We pray in this petition that God would not deny our prayers or because of the. Uh, the, the or we, we pray in this petition that God would not deny our prayers because of our sin. Um, and I think that's important that we realize that our sin is what comes between. In fact, our sin is the reason why we don't pray to God in the first place. In the epistles, uh, I hear St. Paul say uh, that, that if you've had a fight with your wife, the, f- the first thing you don't want to do is say, God, I'd like to... <laughs> no, first go and, and settle matters with your wife, <laughs> your husband, then come and offer your gift at the altar, so to speak. You know, uh, The idea of coming to God. When you've sinned, you don't feel like praying. But when you have those sins uh, forgiven by a person who stands in the place of Christ, it could be one of our near rear relatives, it could be the pastor, uh, then when you go to God and give and and pray to him, then you then uh, can open your heart to him and say, God, I don't deserve this because I am a sinner and I'm keenly aware of it at this moment in time, but I throw myself at your mercy. How do we, how do we say the same thing that Abraham says here In our prayers, we may not express it in exactly those words, but we do have a little formula in our prayers, most of them, where we say essentially the same thing. Your will, not mine. Okay, we use Jesus' words in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but thine be done. How about uh, in the name of Jesus? I mean, what's the whole purpose of Jesus in the first place? Then to say, I am but dust and ashes. Please don't be angry at with me. Not because of me, because of him. Because of what he did on the cross for me. And that's the same the same. Uh, attitude I'm going to take on the last day when he comes. I'm not making any defense, officer. I throw the book at me. I broke the law, but you gave your son. This is what you're like. You will forgive my sins because of your promise to me that he took he took my sins upon himself on the cross. So in the name of Jesus. In the second commandment in the large catechism, Luther even tells us, I know this sounds very Catholic, but Luther came from the Catholic faith, of course, but he says, make the sign of the cross whenever anything good happens to you. Or when you hear of something bad, someone died in a terrible accident, God preserve us from this. And what he's saying is, in the name of Jesus, that's the only reason I can ask these things. And, uh, and, and uh, that uh, may, yeah, verse 32 may the Lord not be angry with me back in verse 27 um, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord though I am nothing but dust and ashes and uh, uh, do not be angry with me in verse 30 also so you have those, those things um, how did this help Abraham to teach his children to be a people ready for receiving the savior not that they were ready at the time but <laughs> but but he was teaching in what way did this show the people of Israel that what god what their god was like Okay. So on one hand I'm a just God I must punish sin I will punish Sodom and Gomorrah just, And this will be a picture of the last day This will be a picture of Noah's flood There will be justice Finally We don't know when But it's going to come And there's no getting out of it On the other hand What's the other lesson that Abraham learns here? Right, the Lord will save those who are righteous by faith in him and the Savior he's going to send. I am merciful, I don't have to do this, but I choose to set aside my anger and justice for those who trust in my salvation. And I will put that faith in their heart by the Holy Spirit through the means of grace. I am a forgiving God, perfectly, perfectly, I am a just God. How do you reconcile that with yourself? Does he send half of us to hell? And half of us to heaven? (laughs) Or do we do alternate years, maybe? (laughs) Maybe that's how purgatory, I don't know. (laughs) But uh, only in Jesus Christ is all of his justice toward us resolved and all of his mercy given. Jesus is the answer to the mystery of God. His justice, his mercy, find resolution in the cross of Christ and his forgiveness alone. Beautiful, beautiful prayer. Does it make you want to pray persistently to God? I think that story teaches me as well as the children of Israel. In fact, it chides me for the parts of my life when I haven't been doing that, and it helps me go, I want to do it because this is a God of love toward me, when I deserve much, much less. Can we turn also to, um, I'd like to to turn to the epistle also for today, and that is 1 Timothy chapter 2. It would be the first, uh, what's that, five verses? Seven verses, Someone want to read First Timothy two one through seven for me? Sure. sure thank you. First of all, Okay, what strikes you about this section of Paul's epistle? Choose life, right, right. So all people, so so it's the universal gospel. It's not, so anyone you said to, you could say to anyone in truth, God saved you. God sent his son to die for you. You are forgiven. Now you might not because of practical reasons say that because their heart might not be prepared. Remember when, when when Paul says to rightly divide the word of truth and that means to be like a uh, apothecary, a pharmacist. Um, and to, uh, to rightly, to, to give the right dose of the right medicine at the right time to the patient. You take a person who says, yeah, I'd rob the bank again. I have no problem with it. But Jesus died for you. No, no, I'm not, he's not ready for that yet. <laughs> There will be a time perhaps when you can say that even though it's true but at this point in time he has no sanctification he has no new man who's 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 running the show he needs to hear that you're damned you're going to hell that's a sin that god will not he will not tolerate then if he comes to the realization of his sin, then the apothecary, the, uh, the pharmacist, sorry, I keep, I shouldn't use German. Uh, the, the pharmacist or the doctor says, now the gospel is applied because the heart has been prepared by the law to receive the goodness of God's grace. And so uh, that's, the, that's the correct division of law and gospel when it comes to applying it to human hearts. But it is true, generally speaking, there is uh, even, even Judas, who is in hell, had his sins forgiven. He just couldn't make him, he couldn't come to the realization that it was for him. Uh, because that's only the work of the Holy Spirit, finally. Uh, so he hardened himself against that. So, okay, first of all, the universal nature of it. What strikes other people about this? I urge, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone. would break that down? What do you think would break that down? The division in our world today, divisiveness. Go ahead. Okay. okay, those are reunifications uh, socially, if not politically, at least we know it's survival. We t- <laughs> for survival, we need to stick together, that kind of thing. Okay, uh, how about as individuals trying to witness Christ? How, would, how could we break that down? if somehow they know that our souls are more important than our political ambitions. Now, I I have very strong political ambitions, as probably most of you do. (laughs) But by the same token, that is not primary. Primary is his salvation, her salvation. And if there's some way I can through meekness in Christ, demonstrate that I am just dust and ashes in need of God's forgiveness and I'm not going to make second or tertiary things into first things, then uh, maybe they can see that, and it might mean that I as a person am going to have to become a martyr, a witness with my blood, a witness with the shame they heap upon me and I keep my chin up, and I say in Christ, that's what you say is not true of me, but I understand that this is what I'm going to have to take as a, as a follower of, G, of, of the Savior who was crucified. Sometimes, it, what did Tertullian say? He said that the seed of the church is blood. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. It took the death of many, many Christians for people to stand up and go. What would make them stand in a circle and sing hymns when they're being torn apart by wild animals, when they're human torches in Nero's garden? What would what would make that, uh, to pray for the person who's actually killing them? And that that leads me to the next thought, and that is that prayers and petitions should be made for everyone, for whom? (laughs) For kings and for those in authority. I don't know about you, but I miss on Sunday the prayers that don't include petitions for the president, for the governor, for the mayor, for those in authority because God in heaven knows they need our prayers more than anything else. I I don't want to be elected. I would never presume to run for office in this atmosphere. Maybe in another day, maybe back in the 50s, (laughs) right? But not today because it takes an exceedingly strong person not to be bribed, not to be intimidated. And to do what he knows, he or she knows is right for the, for his people, right? Extremely strong for kings and those in authority. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, Timothy, yeah, Timothy epistles, and uh, so that he would pray for Caesar. (laughs) That he would pray for the, if not jail, I should say maybe house arrest. I can't remember right now which one it is. Jeremy, do you know whether it's uh just looking you're just looking. Okay, thank you. Um, but at least house arrest where he would have probably a Roman guard over him at the door at least. So he, you know, he couldn't leave the house, at least leave it without uh without someone being chained to him and making sure that he doesn't uh run away. So, yeah that he would say that in such, such circumstances and perhaps knowing that maybe this is the way he's going to die at the hands of Caesar, that you would pray for the very one that, you would, uh, that would kill you. But then again, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Isn't he being just like the Savior? I always pray that if I'm dying in a, in a martyred way, that I would remember that, you know. Father, forgive them. What a perfect prayer. And into your hands I commit my spirit. I'd just like to say the same exact words as Jesus as I'm dying. Um, I had a heart attack a year ago. Um, um, fortunately, it was, although it was a, it, it was a, a major thing, it, it, it caused minimal damage in the long run. But uh, as I was having the paddles put on me, or, or the little stickums that go every three seconds. <laughs> I was praying under my breath, and as I was praying under my breath, I, I went through you know the Lord's prayer, I went through my prayers, and then I, I get to the Kyrie, I'm saying, "Lord have mercy and every time, every time I said, was, I was, they couldn't hear me, all of a sudden they go. Mercy! <laughs> Lord have mercy! <laughs> it seemed like it was right on the mercy every time. And, and, and the doctor, the female doctor over me, had like four nurses there, and he, she goes, Should we give him more morphine? I don't know. I, I'm like, I don't want to tell you what to do. I don't think, if that's the reason, that's not why. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but I was thinking, you know, it this could be it. This could, be, this could be the exit. This could be my, the door to heaven for all I know. And uh, so that was my experience with that. I think we're getting to the, are we getting. yeah, we're past our time. Let's close with a prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together with your word. And we ask you that you would help us to be more focused in our prayers, and to realize, first of all, that only through the mercy of Jesus do we, the dust and ashes that we are, receive all of the wonderful blessings that you have given us. Help us to take note of this, to thank you for it, and to intercede for all those in our world, especially our leaders and those in authority. We ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen. I just said one more thought I mentioned this last sure. Bush, pr- and, and finish the sentence.
1: P U S H. Yeah, I know that, but Wait I. Uh, until something happens. Until something
0: happens, okay, okay, thank until- you.